This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're getting dizzy on our way into episode number 57. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, handling the kids when you're outnumbered. And I'll tell you right now that I don't feel like I've been doing a very good job of that, right? at, at least lately, because I have six kids and I definitely feel outnumbered. But I do have some tips and tricks up my sleeve, and this is definitely a question that I hear about from mamas who are going from one to two, or from two to three, or from three to four. And I don't know how many of them are brave enough to go up to six like we have, but I definitely understand the sentiments, and so here are some tips on what to do when you're outnumbered. Life, when you're the mama of a few, or of many, like I am, it's all about being outnumbered. And I want to start by acknowledging that that can be wonderful and joyful, and I certainly want you to have that perspective, and I pray every morning to have that perspective myself. And some mornings, like earlier this morning when I had tried two times to record a video and it didn't work, and my sons were still doing their morning chores two hours after they were supposed to be done, and I just, I wasn't really enjoying my life very much. It, and it's moments like those that are really tough, and it's hard to remember the joy but it's moments like those that I try and calm down and I try to remember the joy especially since I'm telling my kids that they need to have positive attitudes even if it's something that they don't really want to do and wrestling a whole bunch of kids when they're six to one on me is certainly not high on my list of things that I like to do but it's good to remember the joy it's good to remember the blessings it's good to keep the fun times in mind uh, and it's good to keep bedtimes in mind too So, of course, that's the advice that you're always going to hear, but I also want to acknowledge that it's super stressful, that there are mornings like the morning that I had earlier this morning before I sat down to record this when I just wanted to record a quick 10-minute video and got interrupted by a delivery man and then screaming kids, and then when I finally got 10 minutes to sit down and record it, the audio didn't record, and it's just like, really? Sometimes I have to say, really, God, do you really think that I needed this challenge today? And I don't know, I always tell my kids what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. So maybe that's true for mommy situations, but that doesn't make them any easier. It's it's stressful. It's stressful when you have one child who's depending on you. It's stressful when you have two, and it's certainly stressful when you're feeling like you're really outnumbered. And there are days that are going to be harder than others, so I definitely want to acknowledge that. Let's talk now about the biggest tips to try and minimize those things. And these are tips that were shared with me by other moms of a few or moms of many. And they're tips that I have really personally come to realize the value of. The The biggest thing that I recommend to you is bring rhythm and routine into your days. If you only have little, little ones, you know, you've got a baby and a toddler or a baby and a toddler and a preschooler, then I would say bringing rhythm and routine into your day is probably an adequate way to express it. Once you get to the point where I am, where you've got middle schoolers and elementary schoolers and preschoolers and toddlers uh, going all in the mix, sometimes you need something a little bit more rigid, like a set schedule. I homeschool my kids, so they're always here with me, and a schedule is pretty much a necessity. 
Um, if you have school kids, I would say that you may still need a schedule, though maybe a little bit less when you're sending the older ones off to school. I don't know. I've never had that experience. But it's a schedule is definitely a benefit. And if, it's, if you're there little, it can be more of a gentle routine and rhythm to the day. But there needs to be a set focus to the day. So we tried an experiment in the fall where I decided to give my older kids a little bit more freedom with their schedule because you hear a lot about unschooling and all of that stuff and how those kids pick what they want to do and some some call it delight-based learning and all of that. And what I really found was that that may work great for some families, but it just did not work for mine. It ended up with me feeling really frustrated and it ended up with the kids really not contributing around the house like we wanted to and the little ones pretty much just ended up running wild. And I know that's what's relevant to most of you mamas listening. You have little ones. You're not quite so concerned about our homeschooling adventures or misadventures as the case may be. But we, our little ones were kind of running wild and... They were kind of turning into the cranky, whiny, dissatisfied little ones that I know are just not really thriving. I've, I mean, at this point, I've mothered several children up through that little, little people stage. And I truly believe that children who have a rhythm and routine and who have some boundaries, they tend to be, they tend to be happier and more satisfied. They tend to be more content. And I think most importantly, they they seem to be happier. I know I already said that, but I just want to reiterate that. That children who are all over the place and who are really directing their schedules, they tend to be whiny and they tend to be upset. They tend to be just overall dissatisfied with their life. Whereas when a child knows what he or she needs to do and is able to do that either along with mama or some things on their own but little ones often need mama right there for a lot of stuff but then also they know that mama or daddy is directing meal times and snack times and bedtimes they just tend to have I think more inner peace and I will say that my ideology on young childhood It's influenced by traditional parenting, and it's also influenced a lot by uh, Waldorf pedagogy. I don't agree with everything in Waldorf, but I think that some of the insights on the needs of the young child to have a strong central adult figure or central adult presence, maybe, because I actually do think that Scott and I together, that mom and dad or that partnership presence, however you want to put it, is really important. But, but you know, just that they have that confidence in knowing that there are adults directing and ordering their days, there's a lot of value in that. And that's where the rhythm and routine comes from. It creates a, a lack of stress, or perhaps a better way to put that would be a reduction in stress for you Because the days are well ordered and you know what's supposed to happen when. So you don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about being super mom. You don't have to think about how am I going to keep my kid entertained today. Um, You're able to more order the rhythm of the day in a set manner so that every day has about the same rhythm. And that's comforting to your child. It provides strong boundaries and... um, and just loving, you know, just loving sense of security for your child. And it relieves stress for you because you then don't have to think about what to do. I have a lot of moms who tell me, oh, I would go crazy. I'm really very spontaneous and I just couldn't do that. 
And when you have only little ones, because I was there once, I mean, it's definitely a lot of the same thing day after day. There's not necessarily a lot of spontaneity. And another thing that I would recommend, especially if you're outnumbered by your kids, is don't have a lot of outside activities. Pick one or two a week that you're going to go to. For us, it's always been library story time pretty much. So library story time and then in the summers we would go to story time and and then the city that we were living in when my three eldest were little had a splash pad. And so we would go to the library one day a week and do our grocery shopping on that day and then uh, we would also go to the splash pad once a week or in the deep, deep hot part of the summer it was close enough that we could go every afternoon. But still, it was uh, it was a really low-key thing, and our weeks were really low-key. We just had those central events that our lives kind of revolved around. And then when we were at home, our lives revolved around our rhythm and routine, which was really simple. I didn't have this when Cassidy was little. And then when I had Asher, uh, I had started to read and study some of the Waldorf thoughts on young childhood and get some encouragement in that way and I was I was also the only adult there in the house at that time when Asher was born it was just me and Asher and Cassidy and so I had to have a way to be able to handle every day day in and day out without going crazy so having a set routine was really beneficial to me and because I had been working to get Cassidy into more of a routine as I learned more about routines and rhythms myself and I can give you some some good resources in the show notes uh, you are your child's first teacher is a really good book and also uh, Christophorus homeschool has some good information on young children in fact I even have a guest article on their site and I can link to those in the show notes but I had been working Cassidy into more of a routine, so when Asher was born, of course I took a couple weeks off during those hectic newborn moments, but then when it was just me and him, when the visitors and the help had left, or when it was just me and them, we we settled into more of a routine where I did what I needed to do for Cassidy, and of course nursing Asher, but he kind of naturally fell into that timing and into that routine with us because that was just the the way that the days were held or carried or structured however you want to put it each day and that just became part of his life and then when Brennan joined in the picture it was really similar and that helped me handle having lots of littles three littles at that time handle it well as when Galen came along, uh, Cassidy, my oldest, was school age. We were starting to homeschool, so there were some differences, but still there was that that kind of rhythm and routine scheduled force guiding our day. I, not, I know I'm not giving really anything concrete here, so let me give something concrete, and I've talked about this before on podcast episodes, but think in terms of your meals are the anchors of your day the cornerstones so to speak so breakfast lunch and dinner and then you may especially if you got little ones want a morning and an afternoon snack and those are at set times and then your other rhythms kind of center around those so maybe you have breakfast and then you clean up while the little ones play or perhaps they're able to help you some and then you might have a story and a song or you may go out for a walk that was something that I did with my little ones first thing after breakfast was cleaned up for a long time, was take a walk around the neighborhood. And I really enjoyed doing that with them. That was just part of our day. And then you might come in and you might have some time for your little one to play independently, or you may do a craft, and then it's time for a morning snack. 
and then you read a book and have a quieter time or perhaps this is an outside play time then you have lunch and then after lunch we clean up from lunch and we have a few minutes outside to play and run and then we come in and it's time to wash up our faces and that sort of starts a calming down wash hands and faces starts a calming down routine and then it's time to read a story, a single story, and sing a song, and then it's time to have a rest or a quiet time, and then little ones usually will sleep for a while. Now, if you've got a preschooler, he or she may be not napping much anymore, but with a baby or a toddler, if they're getting used to this routine, you can probably expect to have an hour or two, and I, as a mama of littles, always laid down for part of that with them, at least, and then got up and did my own thing. Usually I laid down for the first part, then got up. But sometimes I would put the little ones down and then come in with them. But then they get up and it might be time to play outside a little bit more. Or it might be time to do a more active game inside. And then it's time to clean up the house to get ready for daddy to come home. And to get supper started. And then we might have supper. And then a bath and family story time. And then finally bedtime. So that's just an example of a very simple day where you stay at home obviously. A very simple day for little ones to go through. And you're going to have variations on that depending on what you do. I wouldn't try and pack it too chock full or schedule too much in so that the child is scheduled to the hill or your children are scheduled to the hill. But just having that gentle routine to the day. Again, it holds and carries young children through the day. It helps them know what to expect and gives them security. And that is a big part of handling many children. Even now that I have older children and they get grumpy about the fact that there's a routine or a set schedule for the day because they have things that they want to do, I know for a fact that I'm more peaceful when we get through the things that I want to get through. And I know that they get more schoolwork done and they get their schoolwork done on time so that they have more free time in the afternoons, which are much more open for my older children. And so I know that they're also blessed because nobody feels behind. Nobody really feels stressed. And and we have time where we're able to be free and their time, they have time to pursue their own interests. And also, the little ones are kept content by the rhythm of the day. And that makes things a lot easier for older siblings who don't really want whiny younger siblings clinging to them or having tantrums or anything like that. Everybody is all around more content. Now, of course, there are going to be days that you're sick or that somebody drops in unexpectedly or that you have an appointment and there's going to be interruptions to that schedule. And I think that's also good for little ones. Remember that that's going to be true throughout their entire lives. So learning how to handle that situation is good. And if you're feeling on a more even and balanced keel overall in your life, they're able to see your reaction to that. And again, stay more grounded and secure seeing that mama's handling it and that, you know, tomorrow or the next day, we're going to get back into the regular rhythm and routine. And that's actually, that's the point where my family is at right now is where we tried this experiment during the fall. It was a horrible failure. And now we're trying to move more into to a rhythm and routine again and we're we're kind of trying to play catch up which is a lot more daunting when you have children who are behind in schoolwork than it is when you just have little preschoolers who missed a painting day here and there but any any child can become cranky when the schedule is interrupted for more than a couple of days and it takes some work to get everybody back to that place of equilibrium and so that's where we're at now really 
trying hard to move towards that this week so that next week we can really be back at where we're supposed to be and everybody can have that feeling of just security and that sense of we know what's going on. But so I really, I do think that bringing rhythm and routine is super important, even if you have only little ones or even if you have little ones and bigger ones who are combined. When you're outnumbered, having that set rhythm and routine is gives them security and it also shows them that you're at the key you're the captain you're at the helm of the ship and that you're guiding things which creates less stress for you as I've already said or I guess it reduces stress for you and it also can help create respect for you with older children in particular if you've got older children you're dealing with too be sure that you set expectations of your children and this can be even with little ones. So like I said, your little ones may not be able to help you, but they can probably help starting right away. So our core one, he is just shy of two now. He turns two in just a few weeks and he doesn't, he can't help with much, but we also have milk goats, which Scott and I milk every morning and every night. And Corwin can carry my boots from where they're stored by the front door on the boot tray to me where I'm sitting. So his chore is to carry my boots to me in the morning and in the evening. And then we bring in, we take a pail out with uh, with water and soap every morning to wash the goats down before we start to milk. And then that pail gets emptied and brought back in. And Corwin can carry that empty pail from the front door where Scott leaves it to the kitchen to watch whichever child is washing the dishes. And so Corwin's chores are to bring Mama her boots and to carry in the wash pail. And he can do that very well, even at under two years of age. So his responsibilities aren't extensive, but they're there. And then when it's time to pick up the room, he sees me start to put a toy in a bin and he watches me do that, and then I might pick up two toys and put one in and hand him the other, and little children love to mimic and mime, so he puts a toy in too. So Corwin's days and expectations aren't great, but he knows that those are what he's supposed to do, and he's actually really proud of them because he sees that the other children are helping, though they're not always helping quite so cheerfully. Um, but, you know, he sees that and he's becoming part of the family and he knows that mama and daddy want him to be part of the family. And then with my older children, Honor, who's three and a half now, uh, she has her few little chores too. She knows that she's supposed to get a brush and brush her hair. She's supposed to uh, brush her teeth and she changes her clothes. She knows she needs to put her clothes in the hamper and she has a couple of other little things like wiping down the fronts of the cabinets. Just little things that she can do. Setting the table is something that she can help with. And so she knows that mama and daddy, when we say, okay, it's time to get ready for supper, that Honor needs to go through her little, her little pack of chore cards, that, and it's all pictorial for her, just pictures that show her what she's supposed to be doing throughout, throughout that chore time. And she just flips through her little two or three cards and does what she's supposed to do. She knows that's mama and daddy's expectation. And then our next one up, Galen, our six-year-old, who also still has pictorial cards, but he has a few more responsibilities. And he knows that this is what mama and daddy want him to do. And they know that we want them to do that to help with the cheerful attitude. And that during school times, like when I'm teaching the older children, they're supposed to be where mama says and you know this that and the other they're just clear on the expectations 
that we have for them. And a lot of those expectations are built in through the rhythm and routine for the day. So they know that at this time of day, we're going to get ready for lunch by setting the table. And at this time of day, we're going to pick up the living room to get ready for daddy to come home. So the, the rhythm and routine of the day helps to reinforce that. And then with my older children too, if you have older kids and are feeling outnumbered, I've also found that setting strong, clear expectations for them is important and also making sure that they understand the expectations, so asking them. And this is true even with Galen and Honor, not so much Corwin, but Galen, when mama says that it's time to get out your chore cards, what are you supposed to do? Well, I need to get my chore pack and I need to do my chores cheerfully. He can say that to me. So we have we have had a problem with uh, Galen and Honor screeching. Uh, instead of instead of speaking to siblings when they have a problem and we can ask them, you know, what are you supposed to do? Or what are you supposed to do instead of screeching? I'm supposed to use words. They know that. So I think making sure that they know the expectation and they can express it back to you, even in very simple terms. I mean, use words is what is how my six-year-old describes, well, I need to be kind to my siblings and I need to be trying to be diplomatic about all this and that nonsense. He knows that use words represents that ideal of get along with your siblings. <laughs> but you know, having those expectations for them, or having them know those expectations uh, is very important. And then, of course, you should, you should teach. You know, you need to teach, 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 teach. So Corwin started, he started bringing the boots voluntarily because he watched Scott bring them to me evening after evening after evening. And he watched what was supposed to be done with the pail. And then with teaching Honor to do the, to set the table, she's still not perfect with it. You know, she doesn't really count out the, num- the number of utensils correctly. So she often has to have help. But it's being taught to do that over and over and over again. And then I just shared with the screeching. I mean, being taught over and over and over again, just immediately being taken aside and we need to use words. And if words don't work, what do you do? Come to mama. That's our guideline. You use words and if words don't work, if you're still being bothered or hurt or whatever's going on with the sibling, you come to mama. So, but it's, it's, it took teaching that over and over and over again before we saw a decrease in the screeching and and with the rhythm and routine it takes a few days of that especially if you're dropping activities or if your child's children have been really used to ordering their own days it's going to take some time and one of my favorite books about scheduling and it's geared towards christian homeschool families so it may not fit your family situation but if you are homeschooling or have a bunch of kids it may be it may be beneficial to you but it's called managers of their homes and she says, you know, in the first week or so, just expect to maybe try and get through 9 a.m. Uh, according to the schedule or according to the routine and then build from there. So expect that you're going to have to teach. Expect that your children are going to need a lot of correction. They're going to need a lot of guidance. They're going to need a lot of a lot of time to learn. That's part of being a parent is being a teacher in so many senses of the word, even if you're not homeschooling. And then also be consistent. One lesson that I've learned about consistency with my older ones is that it, or even with the little ones, is that it doesn't always have to be the exact same thing. So, you know, if there's a natural consequence that you're giving or if there's a consequence that you're giving for them not doing something, it may not always be exactly the same consequence. That's not so important, but always that they know that, for instance, hitting 
uh, little sister is going to end up with being removed from the scene or sitting on mama's lap or something. The consequence is always going to end up being in some way that I'm given a period of time to cool down and I'm not able to play with sister. I'm not able to have that company with her. And that, that's always the result. So even if one day it may be daddy sits me in his lap or mama sits me down beside her at the desk or whatever, it may not be exactly the same thing every time. But they know that consistently hitting other people is not going to be an acceptable behavior or pinching or biting or whatever the issue is. So they come to understand that you're going to be consistent with that or that you consistently expect that, you know, it's time for mama to fold the laundry and I need you to help. That's just you're going to be consistent with that. And it's not that, oh, today you're being cranky, so I'm going to let you off. Though, of course, if a child was sick or something. That might be the case. But I'm just using that for an example that, you know, you want to be consistent in your expectations and consistent perhaps in your reactions. And that helps children understand what you expect of them. It helps them understand the way that their world works. And all of that's really beneficial. And it can be exhausting. I know it's exhausting to do this when you have a lot of children or even a few children. But when each child is secure in the rhythm of the day and understands the expectations, of course you're going to have a child test boundaries. And what's most exhausting when you have many is one will test boundaries and you'll resolve that. And then another one starts and then another one starts and it feels like it never ends. But the reality is, is that if you're consistent, if you have firm but gentle guidelines in place, then eventually you get to the point where there's more peace or get back to the point where there's more peace, which is why I'm recording this podcast today, maybe for myself too. So we've talked about expectations, teaching those expectations, even if you're not sitting down and giving a lecture. This may not mean ever speaking to your child really and explaining it in majorly intellectual terms that a three-year-old won't understand, but you're teaching through what you do and how you behave and the boundaries that you set in place and then being consistent. Those things are really important to the children. But let's look at you for a minute, Mama. What should your expectations be? This is a lesson that I have really come to understand a lot more now that I have older children. Because littler children, once you have a strong rhythm and routine in place, it's it's relatively easy to, they're pretty compliant. I mean, they want to please, they want to do what Mama and Daddy say. And as long as they're feeling secure then they're pretty much happy to go through life the way that it is. But older children, they lose some of that because there's so much self-exploration going on. There's so much uh, hormonal going on. I mean, just everything is changing and also their ability to evaluate their world and to evaluate themselves is growing. And so I found that understanding my expectations has become way more important with older children. And so if you're a mom of many and you've got children who are getting older, then this may be beneficial to you. But I think it's beneficial to discover even when you only have little ones. And that's you should be clear with your expectations on them, but do not have any expectations of them. Does that make sense? It may not make sense at first blush. So you clearly you consider what you think is within their realm of capability so I think that carrying the wash pail from the front door to the kitchen is well within Corwin's abilities okay so he knows that that's what mama and daddy want him to do even though you know his his understanding of that is that daddy says Corwin bucket 
And he knows that means he's supposed to come and get the bucket. He's never been lectured on it or anything. But our expectation, or, you know, his knowledge of our expectation is independent of our actual expectation. So my actual expectation is that Corwin is going to be in the middle of reading a book or playing with with a toy and not want to go get the bucket. So my expectation is is that I might have to get him up and guide him to the bucket. And if he gets upset, I may have to encourage him not to cry, but to smile while he he helps daddy and the family. So I don't know if you can see where I'm going with this. but And I gave you an example with a little one, even after saying it's valuable for big ones. But the point is, is when we have expectations in any relationship that we have, uh, and those expectations are not met, It creates frustration in us and it could even create anger, which is certainly not an emotion that we want as mothers. So if you have carefully thought out and I'm a planner, so I think out, you know, what do I think that I that my children can do before we set chores? We change chores over once a year, every six months or so. So if you've carefully considered those issues Um, then, you know, you've planned out what you want your, what you want your children to do. And maybe you've carefully considered out a rhythm and routine for the day. And it's been a couple weeks and you've worked the kinks out. So you have a general understanding of what they're capable of and what the day should look like. But don't let that be your expectation. Because then you won't be so upset and so frustrated when it doesn't happen. Or your only expectation should be that children are children Young people are young people and that there's going to be inevitable mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to calm down. They're going to have to be taught the same thing for the 50,000th time that everybody's going to melt down all at the same time in the middle of the grocery store when you know you have no food at home. That sort of situation can and will happen. And so you think about what would the mom that I look up to the most? For me, it was one of my friend's moms whose name is Miss Debbie. So how would Miss Debbie act? Because of course, I'm sure that she had all of her flaws. And if she heard me recording this, she would probably laugh. But you know, in my eyes, she was the perfect mom ever. Never upset, always serene, always had a smile, you know, was just always there when you needed her. So how would Miss Debbie act if she were in the middle of the grocery store when her three small children were totally melting down? And if you think about that in advance, it helps you handle it. And some days you'll mess up. I mean, this morning when I had done the second round of recording that stupid video and found out that the audio didn't work for whatever reason, I mean, I was so grumpy. And then I got out front and my sons were still doing chores and were not doing schoolwork. It was just, it was so tough. And there are times when we totally, utterly fail when we totally, utterly bomb things. But lowering our expectations and understanding that, okay, I had hoped to get a video and a podcast recorded this morning, and that seems like a realistic expectation, but it's it's just that. It's an I hope to, and guiding the children through their day is the first thing, the biggest priority, and some days I'm only going to feel like I barely managed to do that or maybe feel like I really didn't even manage to do even that. Just understanding that and something that I often say to the moms in my classes and when I write articles on naturalbirthandbabycare.com is just be gentle with yourself, mama, and remember that you're human and be gentle with your children and with your husband. I believe it was Pastor S.M. Davis who's done some recordings on on family relationships, who said that expectations ruin relationships. And remember that when you form your quote-unquote expectations. So plan 
uh, plan and expect the best for your child so that they know what you expect, but never make your expectations too high for them. But always in your own, you know, in your own mind, think today may not go so smoothly and things may happen. And this is how I'm going to handle it. And I know that children just need to be taught. And I know that especially if everybody's been running wild around me, then it's going to take some time to create that rhythm and routine to hold us all so that I don't feel quite so overwhelmed. Now, this, this episode's already gotten long, so I'll try and run through these other things quickly. But other things that, that are far more practical, perhaps, than what I've been talking about so far is streamline meals and housework because that can really create massive sources of stress, especially when you've got lots of extra children creating lots of extra uh, portions that need to be served with the meals and lots of extra dishes and lots of extra laundry and lots of extra mess in the house. So try and and be proactive with that. Get a load going every morning. And we have, I have children do laundry for me. Scott was actually my laundry person and he's kind of delegated that to the children. And it actually, it it requires a little bit more hands-on for me now. Though when he's home, he handles this part too. But we were having, having problems with our children actually getting the laundry done or putting a whole bunch of clean laundry in the laundry basket or not collecting up all the dirty laundry or leaving dirty laundry scattered everywhere. You know how it is. And so, so I have to, you know, be really hands-on and make sure that they've actually got the laundry into the wash and that they haven't left half of it in the basket or on the floor or they haven't added 16 clean items to the laundry because they didn't want to put it away. I have to monitor that kind of stuff and it takes time but it also teaches my children a valuable lesson but we do that every morning and then it's done and since we started doing a load of laundry a day and I really made sure that the kids were doing a good job with it. It has actually greatly decreased stress levels even though I feel like our mornings we don't have as much time to do things in the mornings because or I don't, because I'm having to actively monitor the laundry. So there, I mean, there's that feeling and that causes a little bit of tension, but overall the satisfaction of knowing that the laundry got done when it was supposed to really helps. So I would recommend do a load every morning. If you have an older child who is going to be helping you with the laundry, then really monitor to make sure that they're doing it. And don't do it in an oppressive way, but just do it in a conscientious way that helps them learn that they need to do it, that helps them learn how to do it, that's important. And also that, you know, there's accountability in life, which is definitely reality, and that's good for children to learn. Dishes, always do the dishes right after the meal. Don't let them pile up. Little ones often really like to help with dishes, so they can help load non-breakables into the dishwasher, or if you wash by hand, they can help rinse dishes, even at young ages, or they can help dry dishes. So and even if you have a really little one, that isn't going to help with anything. You can have a cabinet in the kitchen that's devoted to them with maybe a couple pots and pans or Tupperware containers and spoons. And they know that when it's time to do the dishes, I'm in the kitchen and I'm playing with mama. Again, that's a rhythm and routine kind of thing where they kind of just learn your expectation by being there and being present. So don't let the dishes pile up. And by all means, if a child can help you with laundry and dishes, have them do so, even if initially it requires more investment in your time. Because in theory, it pays off in the long run. Meal planning can really help reduce stress because you know that you've got enough for everybody, which can be an issue when you've got more and more children coming in. And you know what you're going to make so you don't get to 4 o'clock like I frequently do. I need to take my own advice and say, I have no idea what I'm going to make for supper. So meal planning is really good. 
Freezer meals are also good. This is something that I love doing. Doubling or tripling meals and putting some up on the freezer so that the days when I do get to 4 o'clock and have no clue what to do, I can just pull out a home-cooked meal from the freezer and put in the oven for an hour and a half and then we have good food and the stress levels are low. Simplicity is also good. So look for cookbooks and, and recipes online that are really devoted to simple recipes that can be on the table quick and easy. And there are even lots of whole food, real food recipes that way. And then for breakfasts and lunches, certainly simplify. You know, a bowl of oatmeal or eggs, that that sort of thing for breakfast. And then for lunches, simple sandwiches or anything like that. Just keep it simple. I've already mentioned this, but limit outside commitments because those can really get tough and stressful on the whole family, especially when you've got multiple children. If you have children who are getting older and feel the extracurricular activities are really important to them, then either something they can all do together is good or limit them to one each just to help you keep your sanity. It won't kill them and in fact many kids feel a lot of stress from being involved in lots and lots of extracurricular activities. So that's something to consider and especially if you have little ones just one a week or so is good for enriching them and getting them out and exposed to other adults and children. And then the rest of your days can be happy at home. And like I started the podcast with saying, I'll end it. Remember to enjoy your kids. Even in these crazy, hectic days when you feel outnumbered and when there's so much going on and there's so much to keep up with and there's so much that everybody, including you, Mama and Daddy, need to learn to be able to grow up. I mean, it's just crazy, but try and enjoy them. And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you because like I shared Our past few weeks have been pretty rough, so I'm not immune to it. And so I'm preaching to myself as much as you again. So just enjoy your kids. Remember to enjoy life and know that that what you're doing is good work. Being a parent is valuable. And every single one of your children is a blessing. Every single one of your children has a purpose for being here. And you have a great purpose in helping raise them up. And what you do every day, even if it feels like it's the same thing day after day after day, is so incredibly valuable. And you creating... uh, creating a life for your kids that gives them some gentle responsibility, gentle rhythm and routine that helps them understand expectations, that helps them learn that they're part of a family and what it means to be part of a family is incredibly valuable to creating citizens who are going to grow up and be a contributing part of their world. So you are doing wonderful work. Be gentle with yourself, good mama. Remember, if you would like to get updates, you can check out TrustBirth101.com and you can sign up there to get my newsletter, get updates. Uh, I also give pregnancy, birth, and baby tips. And that's just the way to know when the latest podcast is out and the videos like I talked about. I'm starting to do some videos and a lot of articles and things. So you'll get all those updates. And remember to leave me a rating on iTunes. With that, we are way over half an hour, so I will let you go. I hope you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com visit www.birthbabylife.com